Today we continue our study of the chief parts of Luther's small catechism in preparation for observing and celebrating the 500th anniversary of the Reformation on October the 29th, Reformation Sunday. Last Sunday we reviewed the Ten Commandments that gives us the law or instructions on how we are to live our lives. Today in the Apostles' Creed we hear about God's grace that frees us to live fully in Jesus Christ. St. Paul writes in his letter to the Corinthians that the resurrection of Jesus is the cornerstone of the Christian faith. And if we fail to believe and profess this, then our faith is in vain. That is why in the Lutheran Church we make public affirmation of our faith each Sunday with the words, I believe. We use the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed, and the Athanasian Creed. These three ancient creeds are how we confess the one true faith of the Christian church, and they help us to identify with all believers in Christ throughout all the ages. Creeds serve as a way to make sure that the church continues to believe that the Word of God teaches. The treasure of truth in the Word of God is what we wish to confess and to stand for as a church. It is based on these truths as confessed in the Apostles' Creed, that the people of God are led to serve Him in both word and deed. May God richly bless our worship of our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave everything so that we might be saved from sin, death, and the devil. Martin Luther sought a loving God. He was a devoted monk and priest who faithfully served the Lord in his religious vocation but who still at times struggled to know the God of grace he finally found in the Scriptures. If the law that convicts us of our sin is to be found in the Ten Commandments, then the grace that frees us to live fully in Jesus Christ is found in the Apostles' Creed. This ancient statement of belief carries the totality of the Gospel message that Luther wanted people to learn so that they would be free It offers believers the very definition of who God is. The three in one and the one in three. The source of life, grace, mercy, and love. It is the answer to the first commandment. You shall have no other gods before me. Further, the creed teaches what we can expect from God. The promises He has made for us and intends to fully deliver on. As well as how we are to know Him perfectly and as completely as possible. Luther was highly interested in educating Christians on who God is and His for you character, so that we would know in our hearts that God loves us and is always there for us. In the explanation of the creed, he emphasized that God is a loving Father who created everything that exists and gives His children all they need for the day. He taught the orthodox doctrine of Jesus being fully divine and fully human, and that this one sacrificed His innocent blood for you and for me, so that we might live in eternal righteousness and holiness. Further, He explained that it is by the Holy Spirit that people come to faith and are given the gifts to live and serve God in their lives. The Spirit formed the church and draws all believers together into the communion of saints, even as He forgives sins and renews our lives. 
Let us hear God's words as it will relate to the Apostles' Creed. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 17th chapter. Jesus says, And I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them. I have not let, I have not, and not one of them has been lost, except the son of destruction, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake I consecrate myself, that they also may be sanctified in truth. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them, you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, may be with me where I am, to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you. And these know that you have sent me. I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known, that the love with which you have loved me may be in them, and I in them. This is the gospel of the Lord. We'll continue with our profession of faith. Let us confess our faith according to the Apostles' Creed. I believe that God has created me in all that exists. That He has given me and still preserves my body and soul, my eyes and ears, my reason and all my senses, together with food and clothing, home and family, and all my property. Every day He provides abundantly for all the needs of my life. He protects me from all danger and guards and keeps me from every evil. He does this purely out of fatherly and divine goodness and mercy. Though I do not deserve it, Therefore, I ought to thank, praise, and serve, and obey Him. I believe that Jesus Christ, true God, begotten of the Father from eternity, and also true man, born of the Virgin Mary, is my Lord. He has redeemed me, a lost and condemned creature, and has freed me from sin, death, and the power of the devil, not with silver and gold, but with His holy and precious blood and His innocent suffering and death. 
He has done all this in order that I might be his own, live under him in his kingdom, and serve him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness, even as he is risen from the dead and lives and reigns for all eternity. I believe that I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to him, but the Holy Spirit has called me through the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, and sanctified and preserved me in the true faith. In the same way he calls, gathers, enlightens, and sanctifies the whole Christian church on earth, and preserves it in unity with Jesus Christ in the one true faith. In this Christian church, he daily forgives abundantly all my sins and the sins of all believers. And then the last day, He will raise me and all the dead and will grant everlasting life to me and to all who believe in Christ. This is most certainly true. We'll hear the monologue. The Ten Commandments. They make me angry. Don't they anger you? I'm not angry with God. God was who gave them, but with the man who can't keep them. They hem me in on every side. There is nothing I can do to escape their judgment. Human nature is too feeble and weak to enable us to keep even one of them. Every student of the Ten Commandments must realize this and give thanks. Yes, we need to give thanks that we have the Apostles' Creed. While the commandments tell us what to do and not to do, The creed tells us what God has done for us. The commandments then are law. The creed is pure gospel. The creed is central to the small catechism that I wrote to instruct children and those young in faith. I wrote an explanation to the Apostles' Creed and most widely used creed in my day, but I certainly did not write the creed itself, nor, in fact, Did the apostles of Jesus write the creed with their own hand? The creed was written by the Holy Spirit, just as the Father wrote the Ten Commandments and the Son wrote the Lord's Prayer. The Spirit wrote the Apostles' Creed, which leads us to saving faith. It is easiest for us to divide the creed into three parts or articles so that we who are simple-minded may grasp its truth. Each part relates to the three persons of God. The first article, concerning the Father, explains the creation. The second, concerning the Son, explains redemption. And the third, concerning the Holy Spirit, explains sanctification. The creed might be summarized in these words. I believe in God the Father, who created me. I believe in God the Son who redeemed me, and I believe in God the Holy Spirit who makes me holy. One God, one faith, but three persons. Each article of the creed begins, I believe. This means that each person must believe for himself if he is to be saved. It also means that the blessings of faith are personal. For example, in the first article, we confess faith in God the Creator. God shows his almighty power in creating the universe in all its splendor, 
but he shows the personal side of his creative ability in creating me and you. And while he holds the whole world in his hands and keeps it in orbit, he shows the love of a father by protecting me in times of danger and guarding me from every evil. In the second article, we confess Jesus Christ, the Son of God and the Son of Man. My explanation of the second article was one long sentence in the original German, and it has been called the most beautiful sentence in the German language. I believe that Jesus Christ, true God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, begotten of his Father from eternity, and also true man, born of the Virgin Mary, is my Lord who has redeemed me, a lost and condemned person, purchased, purchased and won me from all sins, from death, and from the power of the devil, not with gold or silver, but with his holy precious blood and his innocent suffering and death, that I may be his own and live under him in his kingdom and serve him in everlasting righteousness innocence and blessedness just as he is risen from the dead lives and reigns to all eternity the beauty of this sentence is lies not in its writing but in its truth christ has redeemed me yes he redeemed the whole world but also me personally he had no need to suffer and die for himself he did it for me and you, paying my debt with his own blood. Just as the creed is the center of the catechism, this article on Jesus Christ is the center of the creed and the center of our faith. The third article then confesses belief in the Holy Spirit, who has called and sanctified me. That's a fancy way of saying that Jesus makes me holy. Once again, he does this for the whole Christian church on earth. But most important to me and my salvation is that he has called me through the gospel. Without the Holy Spirit, we are lost, for we cannot by our own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit sanctifies, that is, makes holy and righteous. Those persons are inherently sinful. How does he do this? Through the communion of saints, the church, and through the forgiveness of sins. The Holy Spirit gathers us together in the church as our mother and lays us in her bosom to be our teacher and leader. This then is all the simple-minded need to learn in regard to saving faith. How the Father has provided for us in this life has overwhelmed us with the eternal blessing in his Son and in the Holy Spirit. And each explanation to the three articles ends in the same words that assure us of what they promise and that gives us unspeakable joy. This is most certainly true.